0: the lord praise the lord all right good praise god all right now we had our intermission time let's let's pray all right father in the mighty name of jesus lord we love you with our whole heart our soul and our body lord i thank you for the gift of the holy spirit that you have bestowed in all of us lord we invite the holy spirit as we talk about your awareness of grace which we have received in your son jesus christ Lord, we thank you for the manifestation of your Son. We thank you for the living Word, for it is sharper and it is powerful than a two-edged sword, piercing the division to the soul of our understanding and our spirit. So, Lord, help to use the Word to divide our soul and spirit to your understanding. Let it pierce our joints and marrow, and let it be the true discerner of the heart in which you want to manifest in each and every one of us. Lord, we thank you for the Word, and we invite everybody's ears and eyes to be open to receive its truth so that we can be aware of the grace that you have provided for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I want to open up with Hebrews chapter 1-1, which is an awesome verse, and I'm going to continue through on this. Um, The Lord has really had me in Hebrews because Hebrews is the chapter. If anybody wants to really take a chapter in the Bible and really understand slowly What is our inheritance in Christ? Read Hebrews really slowly from the start to the finish. And you know what? We are first raised up in the law. Everybody's born into an assembly where we actually have to abide in rules of law, rules and regulation. Christ comes to abolish the law. He comes to show us a better way. Because if love is truly manifested in your heart, You aren't going to go against God, and you aren't going to hurt another person. So if there's any thoughts that we experience in our heart that wants to, you know, be uptight, have unforgiveness, have shame, have rejection, that's something that God, if it becomes aware, that means God wants to work on it because he needs you to love other people like he loves. And so that's a part of getting aware of the grace of Christ. Because grace comes in after you've already worn yourself out in the law. What's wearing yourself out in the law? Knowing that the law cannot give you life. The law does not give us life. All the the law does is keep us in an order. The law does not only Christ in your heart can start to spur life. And this first verse says, In many separate revelations... So we are supposed to be walking by revelation of God, okay? Not, here's the playbook of rules, be good, right? That is not what he's asking us to do. He Because if you're in him, and you in many separate revelations, if you are receiving separate re, a separate revelations, a new revelation every day, if you are receiving that revelation, you don't want to hurt another person. God's grace is going to function through you. So it says, in Many separate revel. That means it takes time. Each of which set forth a portion of the truth. Man, we can't handle the whole truth. We get sick. We would eat so much of that word, we would vomit it out. What does it say? Sometimes when we become too full and we're not practicing, what do you do? Blech. You vomit it. We're vomiting out the word of God because we're letting, we're stuffing it in. We're stuffing it in. But if there isn't many revelations then we actually can actually, we have to be spoon-fed this truth. We have to be baby-fed. We are babies. Let's hear it all. We're babies. We are babies, okay? Man, it feels good to say that. Just give it up. I'm a baby, right? And we have to be spoon-fed each, I like it, each of which set forth a portion of truth. In different ways, God spoke of old to our forefathers, in and by the prophets. Now, this is awesome. In the olden days, we didn't have, they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. They actually had to hear the truth from who? The prophets. And then they had to decide to listen to that prophet. Now, you are all prophets. Because what's the prophet that lives in you? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was already given to us to prophesy within us. And it says, we now walk in the new. We walk by witness of God. All right, and so and witness is somebody else saying something that God you already know inside that's working. All right, so but it, in different ways that's how God spoke in the old. He had to speak through prophets. Go to verse one two. It says, but in the last of these days he has spoken to us in the person of a what son. We may not hear a voice at all times, but we are going to receive a separate revelation because we can go back and study his son, Jesus Christ. He brought his son to speak to us. So when we read Matthew, when I came to this ministry and I never opened a Bible and I got a Bible, I started praying because I would go to certain pages, start at Genesis like I was going to read it like a book. And then re- and then I was like, okay, let's go to Revelations. Let me hear the end before the beginning, you know. I would start that kind of thinking. And I remember praying. I was in the salt box. I was in the salt box. And I heard, just go to Matthew. Just go to Matthew. Start with Matthew. And now, and I get it. I didn't understand. Why would I start with Matthew? Like, and I didn't understand. Why Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? why, Why are they telling all the same stories? You know what I mean? And so then I got it those were every day each for them was their revelation of christ and it was telling the stories some of them had different stories but the most important thing it was doing is it was letting jesus speak to us through his word they were already assigned they were born matthew mark luke and john come on how often do we hear about matthew in the bible not that often right but he's the first book But they were chosen to come and write what they heard Jesus speak. They were there to give us, and there's truth, layers of truth in each story. So it says, he came, he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful, capital O, owner of all things. Also by and through whom he created the world's, And the reaches of space and the ages of time he made, he produced, he built, he operated, and he arranged them in order. All right. I love this. He already showed us that when he, he was already there in the beginning. He helped create the beginning of the world. He didn't come in the person of a son until the world could not help themselves anymore. That means they wore themselves out on rules and regulations, rules and regulations, rules and regulations, rules and regulations. They kept failing. They kept being disobedient. They didn't follow the instruction. They, ha- they did not have the power to make it. All right? And so that, is, is that Chris? Okay. So that is something we have to know. He's already arranged things in order. All right. Now we're going to bounce off here. Awareness of grace. God has already set, and if you have the chart in front of you, he's already put us in order, an order for how we are made aware of his grace. Please put up 1 Peter 5.10 up on here. 1 Peter 5.10. This is is to show us, and I wish I could put it flat on the ground. I guess I will take this one. I want you to look at this like this. We stand where? In the center. We stand in the center. And there are already things moving around us. There are already things moving around us. So in the invisible form, things are floating around us. To get keep things moving, we can't see these things. All right? But believe it or not, when you pray, worship, and get into God, you can close your eyes. And you know things are going around you because you can feel the swirling. And some of that swirling is not good swirling because it's motivated by your head. If you close your eyes and try to sit as long as you can in silence, you'll know where you're at. Because if you can't sit there that long, that means you have too much swirling in here. It is true. But because there's swirling in here, it stops this rotation working around you. Because we talk about the things that we can't focus on. So it says, 1 Peter 5.10, After you have suffered a little while... The God of all grace, who imparts all blessing and favor, who has called you to his own internal glory in Jesus Christ, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be. So bottom line, if we are in Christ, which everybody in here saved, so we're all in Christ. All right. Christ is in us. He now has his own eternal glory to complete us. It says he is the author, he is the finisher, he is the omega, he's the alpha. If he is in you, he has to finish his work. Now, isn't that amazing? You say, well, okay, well, if somebody's work isn't finished, and they, they die. He says, will I start on earth, I will finish in heaven. So he says, hold on while you're being changed. Everybody gets changed. If they're in, if Christ is in them and they're in Christ, he already says, that he actually tells you you will have to suffer a little while. And that's every word, every word that you build on, you're going to have to experience what? A little bit of suffering in that world to understand it. There are some words, you already have it down. You already have them down. There's a measure of completion already done in you. And so you have to visualize that. So he has called us into his own eternal glory. That means even what he doesn't finish on earth, he finishes heaven. That means you, you are experiencing a glory you cannot, we, can, we have no idea how that's going to feel because right now we feel the pain of the darkness of the world and especially those who are in Christ and God is already built to be real sensitive to him. The dark world feels really what? Sensitive to you. It reacts to you. It wants to keep you in a certain place. It hits your compassion. It hits your, it hits your pity. Your pity for other people. Sometimes our pity for other people comes so strong, we take somebody right off into the wrong, in the wrong direction. So if you think about this, we're standing in the center and he has now called us in. Okay, there's a time. He is knocking, he is calling you in. And that's when sanctification time starts. He is calling you, he's beckoning you in to the spot. Now he says, if you'll take it, He actually protects you. He will protect everything that concerns you while you say, I'm going to do, I'm going to enter into this. I'm going to enter in. Because he says, will himself complete and make you what you ought to be, which is what? Established and ground you what? Securely and do what? Strengthen you and do what? Settle you. He already says he is going to grace restores. And I'm going to tell you this year, I've already heard it. I was in the conference room. The word for this year is what, guys? Move. There is going to be no standing still this year. God, you're going to feel it. You're going to. And if you're not moving, you are going to be so depressed because he wants you now to move. He wants you to know you are called. And where do people get stuck in? Now, look at this little chart up here. Where do people get stuck right here? I want you to think of you standing. And if I'm standing, I'm looking, I'm called. I feel the calling. Now, remember, if I'm already called and I'm hearing it, what's behind me? If I'm standing here, what's calling? What's behind me? That means it's already finished. So if you're standing in this circle, if I... Actually, would be cool if I could lay this down. Yeah. I think this is the best way to understand this vision. I might stand on it. Okay, I I probably am going to stand on it. Okay, I won't step on the poles. Okay, if I'm standing here, and he tells me in his word, I'm I'm already called, so I'm standing here. I am hearing the calling. So that means already, I already know that I'm what? Established. It doesn't make a difference. So think about it like this. I'm walking towards the calling, right? If I walk towards the calling and I step into it, I can already look ahead and know that I'm what? Established. Hey, this is cool. This is like the game um, Twister. That is cool, you know? Okay. So if I'm already walking in and know, okay, I'm called to this body. But I have to experience grace. I have to enter into this rest, this circle. Because he says, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to experience what? Suffer. He says that right here. He says, after you have suffered a little while. So that means when I called in, keep reminding yourself I'm already what? Established. It's already there. So now, if I'm standing, I receive the calling, knowing I'm established. Knowing I am promised I'm going to be strengthened. I know I'm going to be settled. So now you have to, but he says, this section, I'm going to have to do, I'm going to have to suffer a little while when I stand right here. So when I'm in this zone, I now have to suffer a little while because the God of all grace who imparts blessing and favor, who has called you in, when we're called in here to let you know, there is a time you're going to have to suffer. All right, why do you suffer? You suffer because your soul does not understand and cannot conceive the blessing and the flavor. He's tr- the favor he's trying to impart in you. He's trying to impart a blessing to you. He's trying to impart the, fla- the favor. But let me tell you something. The blessing in the beginning doesn't always feel like a blessing. The suffering window doesn't feel like a blessing because this is when your spirit and your soul are not in alignment to the word. It says the word enters in and it what divides the two. That's the suffering because your soul can't figure out what your spirit knows. Your spirit already knows you're established. Your spirit already has you settled, but you don't feel it because you still have to figure your mind has to be cultivated. It has to be dug up. It has to be, it's like Mimi's a plant, right? And I got her soul. Okay. It's now mushy. Why? Because she's worshiping. She's reading the word, and now it's tilling the dry soil that's been in her that she's lived with her whole life. Okay, but now after, look at Mr. Landscapers. After you put that shovel in, when you grab a shovel and you start going like this, you are tilling the soil of your soul. You've got to till. That is your land. Anytime you read about land, think where? Soul. All right, so he says you have to suffer a little bit because he has called you into this you're hey you asked for it everybody who's already in this had asked something of god okay but he says i can't treat you any different than the person of the son he sent his son in a what person because he's the only one that can judge us because he has been he experienced every temptation of this earth but he had no sin in him we're born into sin he wasn't born into sin he was born there's a world of sin but he was not sin himself. So think about it. He can, he feels for us when we can't let go of our old way of thinking because he knows how, can you imagine being so pure and walking this earth? None of us are as pure as Jesus. Can you imagine being that pure and feeling the darkness of the world? I know how I feel now when I go into a place that's dark. If, you've, if you're a worshiper, you hit a point where you go into a place, you can feel the darkness and you can feel it repressing. Now, it doesn't mean it's in you but you can still feel. I feel it when it's coming on me. I feel it when somebody else has it. I feel when they, they're, you know what I mean? They're, that is an arena that you have to be aware that God has called you to that assignment so you can withstand those pressures, all right? So he gives us the order. He's going to establish us, then he's going to secure you. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to settle you. That's his goal. That's what he wants us to do. Let's look at calling, Second Timothy 1, 9. 2 Timothy 1.9. Praise God. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, For it is he who delivered and saved us and called us with a calling in itself holy. Can you guys imagine that? So if he's already called you, in yourself is already something very holy. And leading to holiness. Okay, so now he's got to lead you down a path to holiness. To a life of consecration, a vocation of holiness. So when you are being set apart, sanctified, consecrated, brought unto him, he is trying to get you into a place of what? Holiness. Holiness. Not because of anything of merit that we have done. That's where the crazy thing is. We think holiness has to be earned. But we don't deserve that merit of holiness. Holiness. All we have to do is just follow his leading and he makes us holy not because we could earn it. In fact, that's the only way you move around the circle. You stay in suffering because you still think you have to earn it. You stay in suffering because you think you got to be perfect. You say you're what's across from suffer? Strength. Man, the first time I saw that, I thought that was really cool. Okay, when you're called, you're right. You are already established. God's already got the plan. But when you're suffering, What the key is, you already have the strength. So the strength is already right there. It's already got your back, and it's in the word of God. All right? So he wants to know, what word are you standing on? What type of time are you giving me? To get to perfect, you've got to get through 30 days of sanctification and suffer. You don't get through this whole circle in the first sanctification. But the first sanctification is in the suffer. Because your mind has to get into this. You want to give up and say, I don't want to be that holy. (laughs) Come on, right? Well, 30 days we chose because 30 days helps you create a habit. All right? It takes three days to break a habit, but it takes 30 days to create a habit. You have to create the habit of getting up every morning and inviting God into your day. That's why we say, if you just get up and put your feet down, sit on your bed, Thank God, thank God, thank God. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for Jesus Christ. Thank him. And you invite him in for the day and say, okay, show me. All right, but then you have to do that. And then at nighttime, what should you do before you go to bed? Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Don't think about anything else. Say, now I'm going to thank you. You feel him rising in your body before you go to sleep. Boom, you go to bed. Then he might wake you up in the middle of the night. How many people have felt that knocking inside? And you, how many people have heard the word worship? Yeah, he right, because he's trying to get you to learn how to be led by him. So when he knocks that door, if you can't sleep, you know what I say to him when I see that he's knocking the door and I don't want to answer? This is what I do. I tell him, do not let me be able to even sleep. I have asked him that. And you know what? I'll sit straight up and I'll want to go back to sleep. But I'm so wide awake, I might as well just worship, right? I tell him to make it so difficult for me. And I do. He does it. The, I, lately, I've been wanting to get into a deeper worship. And I've been asking him, get me up. Don't let me be down. Let me, let me press in. Do you know Mamie texts me at like three something in the morning? You didn't know this, Mamie. But you were writing me something nice, right? I hear my phone go off. Bing. I was like, Mamie woke me up this morning. <laughs> you know what I mean? God uses each and every one of us for something like that. Or I or I heard the dog barking. You know what I mean? And, the, and what do you think? Oh, I don't want to get up and take care of the dog. But see, you know what I'm saying? I thought it was funny, Mamie. It really was. It was like 3.40 or 4 o'clock or something in the morning, one morning you texted me. And it was funny. That was the morning I had asked the Lord, make sure I get up. Well, it's Mamie who made sure I got up. I think it's kind of cool. Like that is really how God works. If you... Tell him, "Do this for me." He'll wake you up. He can be an internal alarm clock to you. So think about that. The sufferer, it takes days to get used to talking to God. If you've never talked to God and you only talk to him when you need him, he wants you to talk to you. He wants you to talk to him in the morning. He wants you to talk to him throughout the day. He wants to talk to you at night. But if you've only talked to God when you need him, he wants you in the practice of morning and night. Talk to him first thing, talk to him at the end. That's a period of suffering because we don't, it's hard to do something to get into a relationship of somebody we really can't feel completely. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you are, you are singing, you are calling it out, but he's doing something and then he meets you and you just go, okay, wow. That's what you're looking for, right? That experience, just like what you had when you felt the oil come down. Everybody in here. I think you're the only one. I don't, Mamie. I don't know if Mamie, have you had an experience yet, where you just felt God's love come upon you? Okay, you have. Cool. Well, when you get to that, there's there's levels of it. it Increases. If you really 30 days, you are going to hit him. He is going to hit you. But you got to what? Kind of keep it going, and that's the suffer part, because people think people give up after a couple days, and they say, "Well, I'm just going to give up." But anyway. It says he did it not because of anything of merit that we have done but because of and to further his own purpose and grace which was given us in Jesus before the world began. So he's got to do this for what? His purpose in you. I mean, how can you feel when I came to this ministry? I was I was really into I would I loved knowing like what my horoscope would say for the day. And this is one. So now the, God knows that I would read my horoscope. How many people have read their horoscope? Right here. Okay. So the one thing that I got when I came, I was like, I knew I was going through change. Why am I going through change? So what I do, what does my horoscope say today? And you know what it said to me? It said on that, you will be presented with two loves. With two loves. One will be a permanent love forever. And if you dismiss it and go to the other love, it says you will never be satisfied the rest of your life. Man, when I read that, talk about, oh my gosh. Because I was going through that period of time, I didn't understand this, I had not felt him. I didn't, I, you know, what is the Holy Spirit? Didn't get the whole thing. But then it excited me that there were gonna be two loves presented to me. One was going to be give me everything I ever wanted, but yet I would be tempted to let it go. And if I let it go and went to the other, I would never be truly satisfied if I did. Now, this is the time I'm living with Dave, and I'm starting to come in here. Okay, the love is Christ, and the love was Dave. So I knew I could chose to stay in that relationship, but it said you would never be what? Satisfied. So choose the new love. That's how the horoscope went that day. I was like, okay, the new love is Jesus. I can't physically feel him. I can't physically touch him. But it really drove me. It drove me to say, hey, if this guy's real, I am. if he is alive, I am going to feel him. And that's why Gene had a prayer thing here. One night, I was sitting over there, and this was my first experience. Now, I've been worshiping, worshiping, putting my hands up, going like this. Okay. You know, checking out, what's everybody feeling? You know what I mean? And you're thinking, I'm not feeling it. And you're feeling something, you just don't know what you're really feeling. Well, I'll never forget, I'm sitting there, and these people, there's people screaming up here, I am telling you, and I was not used to that. And so I actually opened my eyes, I looked up, I said, Jesus, I don't understand this, but you're gonna have to explain to me. All of a sudden, I felt a wind, sitting right where Todd was, come right by me, and I felt this just like you're feeling this. And then I heard, I felt this come right around me. And then I swear, he sat right here. And he said, "I." It, and it was not, I couldn't see him, but I felt it like as real as this. And then I heard, it's going to be okay. They're going to be okay. Because I was looking at what's happening up here, and I was not dialing in, Jamie. I was not dialing in. In fact, I was like, whoa, you know, this is different. But when I felt this, and then I heard, it's going to be okay. I knew, oh my God, I just felt Christ. You know what I mean? And it was connecting with me. If you need physical touch, he will what? He'll give it to you. The other night I was sleeping and I was feeling like I need a hug, right? I'm laying there, I had my blanket. I felt wind come up by my back of my legs under my covers. I almost felt like he was kissing my legs. You know what I mean? So keep in mind, he wants to, he wants, if you seek that in him, he will come to you. But he won't come if you don't want that. Yes. Go ahead. Get your hand on the mic. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, this is good. We're transparent here.
1: Well, remember I was telling you yesterday, Saturday, I started feeling all weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I was, um... I was by myself because I had to work super early the next morning, so the girls went with their aunt for the night. Yeah, and I was sitting on the couch and just crying, crying, crying. Yeah. and I was just like, "Oh my God, I need something." So um, I had I had text Carl to see where he was or whatever. He just got out of ministry, but the the Holy Spirit told him not to. Come. I mean, I just didn't know what was wrong with me. Yeah. So once he said him and Todd were going to IHOP, I said, "Never mind. Just you know, I'll see you. I'll see you later on in the week or whatever." And I'm just. And I said, God, oh, my gosh, I need something. Something is not right with me. And all and I told Carl this two days ago, so it's so weird that you're saying this. All of a sudden, as I'm sitting on the couch, there's a big gust of wind on the back of my neck. But I didn't get scared.
0: Yeah, because it was I didn't him. get
1: scared. And um, I felt the wind, and I heard him forgive me. He forgave me for something. but um, But I got sick that night.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: I got sick, like really sick. But he's
0: so, pulling out the things that are not him. And sometimes throwing up is a way to get that out. Our tears are pain leaving the body. When you cry, praise God, because that means something that's not God is leaving you. And it's painful. you, It's a suffering time. When you throw up, it's a substance of something that's not God in you because He's he's changing your mechanism. You actually start smelling different. You start experiencing senses differently. And then you feel like a joy even in your hell. You know what I mean? The things that you're dealing with that aren't good you start feeling a little bit joyful and you don't know why because you think that you shouldn't be feeling that way. Yeah. So he does. And maybe you are a touch person. So the more you invite him to touch you instead of looking, that's why the sanctification with you two is so great because you're separating yourselves unto God so that he can bring you two back together because you need to experience how he loves you as a woman, not how a man loves you in the woman. Because we are, we, are, we are falsely taught. I believe every man would say this. You have been falsely taught how a woman should love you, because it's been what you've taken from a woman. Girls, same here. We knew what we want from a man, so we have taken what we think we want, which is sometimes just short-term hug. Just how many times you've yelled at them? You've yelled at a man, because you just wanted them to tell you, you know, you just wanted them to hug you in your anger, right? I mean, come on. Where and then they walk away because they're like, "I'm not dealing with this." Because there's not enough love in them. There is not enough love in us when we are manipulating the other person to love us. That means there is no love in us. So we manipulate to draw love. And then you know what we do? And when love comes up, we exit it. We put the exit plan on. We start planning our list. Yep, this isn't going to work. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. And the person's trying to love you. Because why? Because we don't know how to receive. We actually set up an exit plan for when it gets too close. And that's the enemy in us. It's not really our heart. That's why we tell people when couples come in here, we know couples are going to experience the tribulation. With, hey, the bottom line is before you enter this door, either the person got cut off, that was Todd, and that was Jamie, even if there's, there's a measure that the things get cut out. But then if that person's supposed to make it, it's like contortion. You know what I mean? It's like they come in this environment. It's so hard. You know what I mean to fit in, you know, because God's going to change you. He, every man that comes in here and they stick this out, that means Christ is in them. Every woman that's in here, that means Christ is in her, because it. He says, "I'm what well, I'm going to start. I'm going to finish." He's going to get you through this. He's going to get you through this. People don't make it through the bubble of suffer. People give up. We watch people walk out. They never made it through the bubble of suffer. We go like this. Hold on. Hold on to the plow. This is where I believe. Hold on to that plow. Don't look back. Keep going. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to feel feelings from your past, like Zinni teaches and soul shifters. It doesn't mean those feelings aren't going to come to surface. But don't look back to how you solve them. Go forward to the next bubble, which here, after you get through 30 days of sanctification, Mamie, this is so awesome, you're going to hit something that it's going to feel perfect. And you're not even done yet. You're only in the third phase. But there's a perfection that happens, okay? And even in that perfection, he's letting you know he's there. He is letting you know he's with you. And so the suffering is the hardest position when it's your time, when he has beckoned you. And, you know, because things have to leave you, and you've never felt that before. All right, go to, and now keep this in mind, it's for his own purpose. You just look in the mirror and say, I am created by God for his purpose. So he, nobody's a mistake. You can look in that mirror. I am created by God for his purpose. Isn't that powerful? You're not created for you. You're created for his purpose. That's pretty deep, his purpose. All right, some people are just getting into awareness of what their purpose is. Our parents don't raise us in our purpose of Christ. Only Christ can do it. Our parents don't do that. The things that we've been violating in this world, that doesn't do that. That's all the enemy's tactics. So when the God does call you, that's what the enemy uses to keep you not to go through the cycle, not to make it through. Go to Romans 11.29. Romans 11.29. And what time is it? Let me know when it's 6 o'clock. It's what? Okay, good. All right. For, it says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Oh, my gosh. Last night we had the shower. I go, Mamie. Get everybody's attention, because Mamie's gift is irrevocable. Her gifts and, and callings are irrevocable. This girl is gonna. You know how many people come to this ministry because of Mamie? Yes, Mamie, you have brought many souls into this into this into this ministry. Even Saturday night, the doctor came, the holistic doctor, his girlfriend. I mean, when you really look, I look at Jamie through work brings a man through here through real estate. We all are for his own purpose, but he, our call, our giftings are irrevocable. None of them are the same. Each of our jobs are irrevocable. That's already, we can use it for the world, or we can use it by going through this. And it says what? Grace restores to what? Wholeness. What's wholeness? The things that Satan took away from you that you don't even know you ever had. That's the most amazing part. You don't even know how good it feels to be whole. Because we've never had it. But the gift in us of the the Spirit is the guarantee he's going to get you there. And see, ultimately, we're going to feel the eternal life of glory. But he says, I can give you abundance in that today if you'll just keep what? Following me. Just keep following me. So he then wants to use his call on your life. He wants to use God's gifts that he already gave you and they are irrevocable. He never withdraws them. Isn't that amazing? He never withdraws them when once they are given. And he does not change his mind. He does not change his mind about who those whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. So I recognize that if we all can recognize that what we are given once it gets shifted for him, and then we start experiencing the grace in that, he never wants to take it away. One of the calls on, um, on um, Jamie, I love this. It was one of because when you start coming to ministry, there's going to, be start, there's going to be prophecy. There's going to be things start spoken over your life. Well, I knew this about Jamie is a mom. There is a mom element about Jamie. She's a nurturer. When I met Jamie, even it was funny, you know, I do love Jamie. You were so cute the night that, you know, you went through your shift. She had a lot of drinking going on. I mean, she had a lot in her. Her loving, she was loving in that. She just had so much love. Me, love. She would, you know. But she's, that is, I know, I say that sweet because it really is Jamie's love. When I broke my ankle, I didn't know Jamie very well, but this woman, this is before any of her change. Was that before your change or after your change? No, it's after your change. Yeah, she was in her suffering. But you know what? I knew she was a mother when she came and nursed me. She, Rachel couldn't do some things for her mom. Rachel couldn't help me in the shower. Rachel couldn't do that. Jamie came and mothered me through that. I couldn't manipulate my leg. I couldn't do anything. I was blessed to have somebody, and I saw that. I saw a mother was in her. Never said anything to anybody. And then she gets up here and gets prayed for, and Jean said she is going to be the mother of Zion. She is a mother. She will bring many to the nations. She's gonna draw the nations, but she's gonna mother them. So she's gonna be one of those ones. She's gonna get some chicks. God's after she gets to a certain point, God's gonna be sending specific people targeted to her that she'll have to mother through time. Not all of us are called to that. Maybe you're not called to mother people through. She's called to call them in the building and Jamie's gonna mother them. You know what I mean? That's this one's accurate. Yeah. This so you have to think about it. When God wants us to get through this cycle, it's because he wants to get gets the God gifts in you, and our God gifts are all different in each of us. Carl's going to pastor people. He's going to pastor them quietly, calmly. He doesn't react. You have to think about it. I love this, because he, you are definitely a teacher. You know, Kenrick is definitely going to be teaching the body of Christ. He could stand on the corner and just teach you as you go by, and they'll limp and take on a word. You know what I mean? It is awesome. If you think about how we need to learn to be, we are only happy. Our true happiness is in Christ. But the the next level of happiness is really finding out what we're really established to do for Him. That's where the body of Christ gets stuck in the suffer because they never find out what they're really established to do. They, you know, what they say to themselves, mm, "That gift God gave me to talk, I can do that better on my own. That gift God gave me to manipulate." I can go manipulate it on my own. That God gift, that gift God gave me to persuade, I might as well, I can go persuade it into something else, not into Christ. So that gift of nurturing that God gave me, I can use it for something else. So we have to think about this. Our gifts, you can think, you have already used it for the other world. But now he wants to switch it and for you to have the revelation that those gifts in him, sanctified, purified with him, is going to bring you more than you could ever expect in your abundant life now. That's why he says there's eternal life. He says, I've given you life, but he gave us life and life more abundant, okay? The abundance part is when you're really living it for him and God already put you in your sector of assignment. People just aren't here to completely come and go. People come here to hear and grow, get them paired up with whoever their partner is and then get them to do what they're supposed to be doing. And there are certain people who are called to stay in this hub. That means we have a hub of grace. That's what I call it. A manifold, whole hub of grace. That circle can only be whole in this building with all the ones who are called to it. Other than that, that's why I love Gene Hall when he said, it's not about me. In fact, I've gone as far as I can go. I now need my people. He needs the people to stand in with him now to do the whole job. Isn't that amazing? So I'd like to see evangelist is the middle finger. That's a Mamie. Mamie's an evangelist. And I I love this. We have a lot of awesome evangelists in this ministry that also have prophetic abilities. But really, it's their evangelist, but the prophetic is to help say what they need to hear to draw them in. And if you think about it in the hand, the evangelist is right in front. And that's why the enemy attacks them so much. It's like this, look, chopping off the little head, right? The enemy wants to, if they can chop off their head, they are gifted. People are drawn to Mamie. People are drawn to Carrie. People are drawn to Chris. People are drawn to true evangelists. And then there's people like me, you, um, Char- uh, Charlena, and Jamie. They come. We nurture and help them. The teachers and pastors, we nurture and help them. But the people out front, they've got to what, bring them in. And they're never going to come in if they haven't seen a change in you. That's what's awesome about the ones you've already brought in, Mamie. There's a measure that they've already seen a change. They know that you've brought them to a different place. The more you keep changing, the more better. And he made me get this. He never withdraws it. Whatever you gain after suffering, we always gain. Remember, it all comes by portion. The truth comes what? By portion. So after you get through your first cycle of suffer, which I watched her, I almost thought she was going to give up. I asked her, I said, isn't this great how God supplies? And she goes, yeah, Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not feeling it. This is before she started coming in here full time. She already went through her thing, and I was like, hold on to the plow. I gave her all the same words. But I watched Jamie go through that first move of suffer. And she's like, I'm reading in my word every morning. I am doing I'm trying. Right? And then boom. Remember when the shift happened? Yeah, I mean, I can apply this to so many. Rotations because just like i said a thing he portions us he gives us a portion of truth because he knows we couldn't handle the whole truth that's why hold on to the plow don't look back to your past let the stuff surface let the let the insecurity let everything every weight that holds you back when it starts to become aware i i'm i'm rejected so i reject others all right that's a weight that holds you back because once rejection comes here, you start doing what? Rejecting somebody. All right. The thing with unforgiveness, anger, you can feel fierce. You can feel rage. And when you get near somebody, you don't even know why. And you just want to slap at them. You just want to be angry at them. Right. The moment it becomes aware, that's when, oh, come on. I know everybody has felt this when you're sitting next to somebody and you're going through the change and you're like, I cannot sit next to this person. You know, Come on, how many of us felt that in life? I'm just being real, and I mean that nicely because there's no way that anybody's going to advance until people sit here and are really transparent about what they've went through because in the transparency, it's making another person feel. That is the true testimony of Christ. When you tell your truth, it's going to make somebody, I will get through it because, look, she did get through it. Look at her. And that's where we encourage the body to lay off those weights. But see, now in the position as you grow, you then turn around and you see all the weights that are on people. But you can't start knocking them off. It's not our job. Whose job is it? Christ's. Christ just says, I'm going to give you people that will encourage you to stick and hold on because I can't change a person. Jean can't change a person. Only our testimony can bear witness. Now that person has to say, I surrender. And the suffering part is the first, is really learning to surrender. I look at sometimes how much junk that's got to get out of you first to get you now through the first phase of sanctification. That first phase doesn't come right away. It doesn't come right away. Even Jamie's, it didn't come right God did not put her to sanctification right away. It was he had to get her through some love things to know that he really was there. But her greatest experience of love touch from Christ came after. It didn't come before. He, he draws you, and then he starts loving on you. And then you're still going to go through your exposures, is what I call it. But then he's going to come in and fill it. He says he does not change his mind. That means he's he doesn't. What, you guys made an agreement. I, love, I remember the first time I saw Gene. Well, they made an agreement. They need to keep it. <laughs> That's how Christ, he's like, I made an agreement with you, and I am going to keep it. I do not change my way. We're going to stick this out, and we're going to get through the suffer. I'm going to suffer it with you. Every time I had something, that that change of suffer period, I would cry. And I would always hear, I'm with you. I am right here. The thing that upset me the most, the Lord would show me where it started, and then he would show me embracing, he was embracing me. And so in those changes, I really knew he was with me the whole time. Because he says, remember, we are faithless, and he is what? Faithful. He, and it says his faithfulness remains. It does not change. So about those he gives his grace, so he doesn't change his mind, about those he gives this grace to, or to those he sends his call. So everybody in here has been called. They've been called. They've been called into this. And it read that Mamie Down the bottom. It says grace what? Right. In Hebrews, it says we have to walk through graces. What are the graces? Suffering. What are the graces? Perfect. What are the graces? Being established. What are the graces? Being strengthened. What are the graces? Being settled. And that is every arena of your life. It's not just its spirit, its soul, its body. Then it is your finance. Then it is your kids. It is your everything around you goes through this cycle. So when we recognize, okay, we're playing we, we said we were playing Twister. We're playing Twister. Get it? Yeah, I get it. I have one hand it. on calling. Yeah. I got the other hand on established. I got the foot unsettled. Okay. Like, oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is if we can remember that this is the order, all right, then we don't get all tied up like Twister. All right. If we get that this is the order and my hand, I know I'm called. Okay, great. If you know you're going to have to go through suffering for this time, get through it. Do 30-day sanctification. We can get through suffering so quickly by pressing into worship in the Word. It helps our soul. It says, He is the lover of our soul. He settles our soul. The Word says, He's the lover of your soul. He is the lover of your soul. So, all right, we're going to pick up on this. We're going to talk more. We're going to hit the... the. I, we, we really just... At the beginning of this, but we're going to finish this up next week, and um, I think that's awesome. Was that good for everybody? Okay. So keep in mind the thing I really want you all to keep in mind is he doesn't withdraw his choice. That means if Kenrick's a teacher, guess what? Kenrick's a teacher. He doesn't withdraw. If you're an evangelist, you're an evangelist. If he's a pastor, he's a pastor. If this woman's a mother of Zion, she's a mother of Zion. He's not going to change the way. And just like, just like the horoscope I got in the beginning, I you weren't here, and when I first came, you know, I was going through so many chances. Like I'm going to read the horoscope, see what it says about my life, and it said that I would have two loves put before me. If I chose one, I would be completely satisfied. But if I chose to go to the other, I would live unsatisfied the rest of my life. So it was basically telling me be careful which one you choose. Well, and it was I I, I was in that relationship with Dave. And then I was about coming to this ministry. And he was not for coming to this ministry. And guess what? He only made it through those doors once, and he standed at the back door, and that was it. Because he wasn't called here. He wasn't called here, but guess what? I was. And so I had to stick with my call, but still love the person and let God. It was my suffering window. I was in a serious suffer window. What do I do? What do I do? Do I just get married? What do I do? I loved it, how the suffering window, I'm trying to make all the decisions about my life when he says, enter into my rest. All you do is worship, and while you're worshiping, what does it say? The enemy has to do what? Scatter. He has to flee. So when you're standing in suffering, and the suffering, when you're feeling the battle, just raise your hands up and worship, close your eyes. Because he's starting to break that enemy that's trying to keep you into not moving. Because remember, the words for next year, the word for 2016 is what? It's going to be move. I'm saying you, that's what the Lord showed me. He, he hasn't shown me the whole details yet, but I can tell you, he gave me the word. I said, what's up for the next year? Move. I was like, wow. Last year when he showed me, it was about the open door. And I'm serious. When he gave that to me about the open door, that was pretty serious, wasn't it? It was. He was opening up a door. Now he it's I, you hear it. Move. That is the move right now. He is saying move. So that means, I know, you know what that means in the body of Christ? There are people standing, not doing what? Moving. He is wanting the move because once a shift of move happens, another measure of him coming comes closer. So he's got to get the body to move. And that's why the men, the women, we all got to know what we're moving towards and what we're moving and what, are, what we're really, everybody in here, this is the awesome part. Everybody who's really in here and connected in here is already in a position. God's already got the position. Are we functioning in that position yet? Nope. But he is getting us to get there because the fullness can't happen until everybody's connected on. And not everybody's connected to Kingdom Life Ministries. That's why I tell everybody, I've talked to Kenrick about it, know you're really called here because if you're not, do you know what I'm saying? Which you you know you are. Everybody in here is called in here. Okay? But there, there are people who don't come back. They do leave and they don't come back. And that doesn't mean that they're not called here. But guess what? If they leave for a while and they are called here, they have to do what? They're going to have to come back or we don't really, we don't get our fullness. We'll get our measure. Everything in Christ is a measure fed to us. And so I love this. Every time we see somebody attacked, like when I see Mamie attacked or Mimi attacked or when you go through your attacks, I am so excited because that means, man, it's time for that move because he's about to do something big and you know what when you say big when I say big Chris called it the wolf card he says out in the body of Christ you hear all this excitement 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 and then there's nothing behind it has anybody ever experienced that I haven't I, I I because I haven't been that but Chris told me Lee it's called the wolf card I said what's the wolf card he said, it sounds great. You're wanting to go for it. It's going to be big. It's going to be this. It's going to be that. And then down months, nothing happens. You know what I mean? He says, I said, that's called the wolf card. I was like, that's good. I like that. Okay. Right. So selling wolf tickets. I never heard that. Chris put that onto something. And so I kind of giggled and I was like, yeah, well, God wants us to think big. He wants to think the best thing we can do is bring another person to Christ. The best thing we can do is help mother somebody through their baby changes to become a matured person in Christ. Because once they're matured, they don't need to they don't need they don't need laying on of hands. They don't need this. They already have their relationships already. You feel that Holy Spirit direct your way. You feel him showing you where you need to go. And so it Once we get that alignment in right, then we move as he wants us to move. And life is more relaxed. It's not, it doesn't have to. The big thing is watching more people at one time come. Like right now, this ministry, when I say this ministry is going to have a big move this next year, is because we're going to ordain five people. We've got all the other ones coming right up. And you see people changing where then they don't need to be fed by us every day. They're getting fed every day. Gene and I, we come in here, we get fed up, we're already getting the food, and we pass it out. But guess what the Lord says in Hebrews? He makes it very well known that we help guide the babies and the children. But there comes a place of maturity where the only person who can teach you is him. It's not, we, we are here to help, we, to guide people in how to hear him. And then he, the Holy Spirit is the true teacher. We are not the teachers. We are helpers to the teacher. And so it is cool once you get that down. And it's cool to see people getting it. I mean, people are really getting it in this ministry. So I praise God. I thank him very much. Go ahead. Let's just end with this one verse really quick. Um, Hebrews. Go ahead and give me verse 3 and verse 4. Hebrews 1, 3, and 4. I want to end it with this. Because the Lord was showing me God and It's all about his supreme revelation. It says he is the sole what? Expression of the glory of God. The light being, the outraying and radiance of the divine. You know, if we want anything, we want to see what is divine in this world. And he is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature. Man, this is where God was getting on me this about nature. God already has a nature. He already has what is his natural. Man, we're looking for supernatural. We just need to get into God's natural, right? (laughs) We need to be living in the perfect imprint of his natural that he has for each, each of us is different, right? Upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his what? Mighty word of power. So what has power? The word I taught this Saturday night. The word has power. When he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins. He did it. And radiance. uh, I love this. And radiance of guilt. Okay. We got to stop feeling guilty. We can't keep feeling guilty. He already what? He washed away. When you feel guilty, if you do something wrong today and you feel guilty, what do you need to do? Go to John 1, John 1, 9. You ask him for forgiveness and he'll whisper it to you like he did Mimi. Forgive you. You know what I mean? That's what he does. Get over your guilt because it's not your guilt. It's the enemy's guilt. He sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high, taking a place of rank by which he himself became as much superior to what? Angels Angels as the glorious name, Jesus, title, which he has inherited in different from a more excellent than theirs. Now, isn't that amazing? I'm going to call on Jesus before I call on an angel. And I'm going to thank God that Jesus is in charge of all the angels that are around me because he's the one as I worship and I speak the power of his word. He makes the angels do what? Move. The word this year is going to, I'm telling you, it's building. The word this year is move. And he calls those angels to move in your behalf. How does he do it? He res- they restrain evil. While you're in your suffering and you are serious and you are really sticking to your consecration, the whole time the angels are like this, holding back the darkness from touching you. Now you're feeling the darkness because you're still going through your change. But just think about it. If you weren't in the world, if you weren't in him, the world would be eating you like ravens. I'm telling you, you'd be eaten up like ravens would be coming down, feasting on you like the roadkill on the day. You know what I mean? I see it on the islands highway. there's always a roadkill of the day. There's always the birds going down. Well, you don't want to be that. You want the angels doing what? Because the word says that if whatever word you're standing on, if you have anxiety and you keep saying it, the Lord has not given me the spirit of what? Fear, but given me the spirit of what? power, love, and a sound mind. If you keep meditating on that and he sees you're sanctifying yourself in that, he is holding back all the what? Fear. So you can get through your suffer and get into your perfect. Then when you hit established, then guess what he does? He lightens up. He's going to test you. He's going to bring the fear to see will you what? Pass. Will you do it with power? That means with word. Will you do it with love? A good heart. And will you do it what? Of a... Sound mind, that means not screaming and yelling like a crazy person, okay? Are you really going to fight that the way he has taught you? Do you see how it all works? So remember, he is telling us he already died to be in that position to put us in that. I love that verse because he wants us to get into God's natural. We can walk on this earth as God's imprinted plan naturally in the way he created us to be. We make it more complicated. I love it. We invite in all the other things, not even know we're doing it. But if you are willing to be sanctified unto him, he's going to do what? Restrain those angels. And he will call those angels to do what he needs for us. So I always find this interesting when people say, well, I called on my angels. I always think, I hope you called on Jesus first because he's the one that's in charge of the angels. He's the one that's in charge of the angels. Without Jesus, the angels can't move without him working in you. And him, the spirit speaking what? Through you. He will use you to call the angels. You get what I'm saying? It is kind of cool when we think about it. Praise God. Does anybody have any questions? All right. So we're going to. What's that mean? Oh, G move. Oh, yeah. Is that thing? God manifestation of victory. Yeah. That is awesome. Everlasting. E, right? Right. All right. Awesome. All right. Praise God. All right. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this fellowship. And we thank you for this time to hear the power of your word. Lord, we thank you that you never let us go and that every measure that we grow, that you have promised that to us. And Lord, most of all, that you've promised that what you started, that you're going to finish and that you don't leave us unattended and that you are even in our faithful You are faithful. So, Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness and how you brought your son to be that image and that person in which we should yield to. So, Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit, and we thank you for the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I need to get a haircut. Uh Time for a haircut.